people and women in particular, not to stereotype us, but I will in a way because we have to be everything to everyone and we have to show up for everybody and we put ourselves last. So they show up and there's a flakiness attached to being multi-passionate. Like we think we're flaky and we think we have ADD and we think like we don't follow through on things. Welcome to Level Up Your Course, where we pull back the curtain on what it takes to create learning that transforms lives. You will hear stories from business owners like you who share their success and their struggles. This is not where you come to hear passive income myths, friend. This is where you learn the truth about building a profitable learning platform. I am your host, Janelle Allen, and this is today's episode. What's up, everyone? Today, I am joined by Michelle Ward, founder of When I Grow Up Coach. She is here to share her story with us and give us a peek inside her program, Discover Your Dream Business. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Janelle. I'm excited to be here. I am really excited to chat with you. You come highly recommended, but I have to say that we have a tradition on the show. Before we get started, we have Something called the rapid five, five quick questions to help listeners get to know you. Ready? Yes, I've had my coffee. I'm ready. (laughs) Well, that is a great segue. The first one, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, I had oatmeal with banana and cinnamon and coffee. (laughs) All the coffee. (laughs) Number two, what is the last movie you saw? The Hate You Give. That was the last movie that I saw, The Hate You Give. Okay, okay. I really liked it. I love the book too. All right. Number three is a serious question. So the zombie apocalypse has finally hit (laughs) and you have six minutes to grab three essential items. These are material items, not people. Your people are good. Okay. What three items do you pick? Probably like a big knife was the first thing that popped into my head. Probably a flashlight, probably some food, like maybe some, we got a lot of nuts in this house. That feels like a good thing for the zombie apocalypse. I think so. I think Yeah, so. that sounds good. You got all the bases covered. Good. I think so. I hope so. And then I'll run to my friend's house who's like really like prepared for the zombie apocalypse, but. Hopefully hasn't turned yet. Oh yeah. Like that's our plan. We just said to our friend, Bob, Bob, we're coming to your house for the zombie apocalypse, right? He's like, oh, absolutely. I'm ready for everybody. Like, right. I love it. All right. Number four, what is your favorite city? New York City. I'm a New York City girl. I lived there for 20 years. And even though I just, I went to Paris last year for the first time and I love Paris and New York City all the way. And lastly, what is the hardest lesson you have learned as an entrepreneur so far? Ooh, you know, I think it's that no matter how long you're in this game, you're going to have to evolve and you cannot just rely on what's worked in the past. It's going to work for you now. And you just got to keep your eyes open and notice what's going on and just keep getting back up and getting back up and getting back up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for answering those rapid that five questions. That was, it was fun. I love doing that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So where are you from? You mentioned New York. Do you still live in New York? I live just outside New York. I live in Montclair, New Jersey, which is 12 miles outside New York. (laughs) We moved here two and a half years ago and and I grew up on Long Island. So it was kind of this coup that once my husband and I said, okay, we're ready to leave New York City. And I went to NYU. So I was in New York City from 
1996 through 2016, you know, that we didn't go back to Long Island was a big coup in my family, but we a town that we really, really loved and where we're close enough to the city that we don't feel super far. So we're, we're here in New Jersey now. And it's just, it's a little, still a little difficult to say, I live in New Jersey, <laughs> but I'm getting used to it. Yeah. It's all good. We like it here. Cool. So tell us about your business journey. How did you get to where you are now running your site, coaching, discover your dream business? How did you get here? Oh, I'll try to tell you the short version <laughs> because we could just use our whole time with this story. I mean, it really, we have to go back to like, you know, me growing up and being one of those annoying kids that you would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always had the same answer, which was to be on Broadway. And so I feel like my entrepreneurial journey actually started when I finally decided to not pursue musical theater as my profession. And that for me was huge. It was my identity, you know, being in theater and being an actor. I mean, it was my identity growing up. It was my, I went to NYU Tisch School of the Arts. It was like, it still remains one of my proudest accomplishments. And it took a lot for me to look in the mirror in my mid to late 20s and say, well, I still love performing, but I do not want to make this my career anymore. Mm. And I think because I had spent so long pursuing a career in something that I was super passionate about. I thought of the next 40 years I would have to work until I would be able to retire. And it just was not acceptable for me to just find a job that was going to pay the bills and just be a paycheck. And I'm just going to go and, you know, clock in and like, not like what I'm doing. And back then I was much more pessimistic than I am now. And I didn't even think that there could be anything that I could love as much as I love performing, but I was willing to kind of just give it a shot. And at that point too, I really wanted, you know, quote unquote, grown up things like 401k and benefits and insurance, which, you know, as an actor with, you know, 47 day jobs at once, <laughs> I could never, you know, anything that I, I got, you know, a paycheck of a determined amount every other week was right. like, what? And so I wound up on paper finding this job that like should have been the job of all jobs. It hit all the check marks with the skill set I knew I wanted to utilize and my communication skills and my relationship building skills, which is what I knew was super important to me. It was in this really cool area of New York City and there were lots of young people and it wasn't a startup, but it kind of felt that way. And it should have been it. And it wasn't in a big way, largely because my manager was a bully and verbally abusive. And after about a year in that job, I became psychosomatic mm -hmm. and realized that I was psychosomatic. And this job was like, had such a ridiculously negative hold on me mentally, physically, emotionally, when I was heading to work one day and I had to run off the subway in the most busy platform, most busy station, Union Square in the middle of rush hour and dry heave into the garbage can because the thought of going to work was like that intense. But at the time, I just thought I was sick and the job had such a hold on me that I didn't just make my way home and say, okay, well, I'm going to have a sick day. I went above ground and I walked 20 blocks, not feeling well to the office. I went upstairs. I got my laptop. I got my Blackberry because this is how long ago it was. <laughs> And I said to my colleagues who were nice and wonderful, um, I need to work from home. I just dry heaved in Union Square. Like, I got to go. See you guys later. And the second I left, I felt fine. 
And that was my huge wake up call. So like, this isn't working. We need to find something that's going to work that you could be all in on and you got to get out of here ASAP. And in my search to find that grown up job, the first realization I had was that I was not going to be happy unless I worked for myself. And that was what I call my oh crap balls moment of just, oh, this is a hard thing. Like acting was the hard thing for so long. And then I did, I did real estate and I did all these sales jobs. And those were so hard because they were, you know, commission only or a very small base salary and then commission. And that felt really hard. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do something that's hard again. (laughs) But I couldn't, I knew like this would be my life and this would be my journey. I would just keep going from awful manager to awful manager, awful job to awful job. Um, And I had to figure out what I was going to do for myself. And oh crap, all moment number two was when I realized I essentially needed to become the career coach that I needed at the time and couldn't find that understood creative people. And back then in, you know, 2007, when I was going through all of this, you know, my business started and I was like, I'm going to help creative people through their career transitions. And that's not where my business is now over 10 years later, but that's where it was back then. Then that was an oh crap balls moment of, okay, well, what's the best way for me to do this? It's to get my life coach certification. And back then I was not the hippy dippy, airy fairy holding crystal. I have a crystal in my bra right now. Like that is not who I was. (laughs) And I was very scared of how people were going to see me. And I didn't want to identify with that. Like, let me read your aura, which is what the stereotype was back then of life coaches. I feel like it still is a little bit. And I rarely use the term life coach when I talk about my work and people ask what I do because there's still that thing that I don't feel aligned to. But when I thought about the work and I thought about working with these creatives and helping them get into careers that they could be passionate about, I got really excited and I couldn't deny that. And I just kind of swallowed (laughs) uh, the bitter pill and said, this is where I'm going. Let's go. Yeah. That's a great story. I know that there's so much that you left out. There's so many other twists and turns. And I want to kind of transition to talking about when you started teaching. On your blog, you share a great story about how you were teaching with uh, a few of your friends, one of whom was Laura Sims, and you you Uh had the 90-day business launch program, which became Discover Your Dream Business. Can you talk about that transition in that period. First of all, when was it? What's the dates here or years? Oh, well, actually, that's not exactly right. So 90-day business launch that I ran with Laura Sims is still 90-day business launch that I just run solo. So that program stayed the same. And it's, it's specifically for super smart, highly creative, multi-passionate women to help them discover, launch, and build their dream business. So that's like my offer where you come to me And we start working together through this program. And 90 days later, you're launching your business and I'm giving you all those tools to do it. Got it. So discover your dream business. Oh my gosh. I feel like discover your dream business, Janelle, has been through so many iterations because I feel like the discovery piece is almost more like my own passion project because I know that despair and that pain of what I'm doing isn't working. I want to be a business owner. But what is it? And when I was trying to figure out my own career transition, and I still remember this so clearly, I was doing it alongside like my best friend at the time. And she was, wouldn't identify with all those things that, that I said, she wouldn't say I'm creative and I'm this, you know, 
And she was looking for a more traditional, she's just a more traditional person. Mm -hmm. And we went through what colors your parachute together at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I read your comment about uh, it. (laughs) And she finished the book and like wound up finding this very specific niche of like marketing that she said, okay, now I'm going to go after this very specific niche of marketing. And within like six months, she had her dream job and it worked so well for her. And for me, I did three exercises and threw the book across the room. I was like, this is not who I am. This does not speak to me. This will not help me. Like I I was so frustrated that really, since I started coaching in 2008, I feel like what I've been doing more and more and more is obviously like perfecting my process. And when it comes to the discovery piece, oh my gosh, how I worked with my clients back in 2008, 2009, 2010, and how I work with them now on the discovery piece is really very different. And even when I taught, I taught, it was like create your dream job or something like that. It's close to discover your dream business, but it's a little different. I taught that back in like 2013 into 2014, something like that. And even that is different than what I do now. So part of the reason that I created Discover Your Dream Business was that I would point people to this creative live class. And now I'm like, you know what? I would do this differently now. Yeah. So when I launched Discover Your Dream Business in this iteration, I did it at the beginning of 2018. I did it as a, you know, this is a live course, small group. I'm bringing in 20 women tops and this is an eight week program and we go through everything together in real time and there is access to me, which for me is really important. Like I mentioned those relationship building skills earlier and the selfish reason why I do what I do is to build relationships with my client. I'm just, I'm not, I kind of wish that I was that coach that was like, let me just do a lot of on-demand programs and give people emails and videos. And like, I don't want to talk to them and let them go do their thing. That's just not, I wouldn't be happy in that business. I want to get to know my clients. I want to be able to tell them what I see for them. I want to be able to really have those touch points and give them a decade's worth of my, my experience now with this. And so I ran it live three times last year. And the last time I ran it live, I said, okay, what's not working for me about this program is that I know someone's ready to do this discovery work. I don't want them to have to wait. I don't want to say to them, okay, well, could you wait four months until the next round opens (laughs) up? Because I know when you're ready, you're ready. Yeah. And so I said, how can I reconfigure this so that it's on demand, but it doesn't lose that live component? And how can I drop the price so that more people could afford it and come in and get to that point? Because really my goal is to help launch as many dream businesses as possible. And this is absolutely the first step. And I think too, when you're a highly creative, multi-passionate woman, the issues that come up too are like, but I have so many interests and I have so many things and I have so many ideas. I rarely get someone that comes in like a totally blank slate or does not even have, but they cycle through ideas so much that they don't even trust themselves. So here's a way that they could get like black and white proof on paper through the exercises and worksheets that we do of what is the stickiest thing for them and what makes the most sense for them when it comes to what business they're going to start. 
but also there's a very real component. And this is the only program I know in this space that does this, where you will be working with guinea pig client or customer while we are together because I'm not all about let's do worksheet after worksheet after worksheeting, journal, journal, journal forever, because you do not get the information that you need. So all of that is like wrapped up into this program. So on April 22nd, I'll be opening my doors to have it be an on-demand program with still a live component that I could be there. I could be commenting. You could be on calls with me twice a month. And and there's going to be that touch point as well as be with the other people who are taking the course as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. Well, I definitely want to come back and talk about the story because I think there's still something to share with listeners about when you went from kind of co-teaching to you shared that article. I just really loved it. And, yeah. and you took a risk and then you yeah. said, okay, I'm going to run this program. Yeah. I'm going to do things on my own. So I want to come back to that. But I also, right now I want to dig into that decision that you made. That's really yeah. key. So you said you, you ran it live for three times, which yeah. is absolutely the best way to go because you need to see where people get stuck. You need to, a million percent. you know, and then you said, okay, how can I make this more accessible, but still have the live component? So can you share how you did that and what the structure looks like? The structure isn't that different in terms of the fact that the exercises are given, you know, in the same time frame, in the same order. It's still an eight-week program, but what I'm going to do is open up a private Facebook group or a Mighty Network group. I haven't decided yet for everyone who's active in the program. and. After 10 to 12 weeks, you get kicked out because I don't want to enable anyone to just drag their feet and have this go on. So like you'll get all the content delivered in this eight week timeline because I know that it works and I know how much time is needed between exercises, but you'll be able to have a little bit more breathing room if you need to catch up. I'm going to do two group calls every month that are really going to be like hot seat coaching, Q&A. And so you're going to come in with your challenges, with your questions. But I think what's going to be really interesting is that people who show up on the call aren't necessarily in the same point. And I, and I think that's going to be really inspiring and clarifying for people who are kind of at the beginning to see what people who are towards the end of the process are doing and what's shaking out for them and how their guinea pig client went and how they put things together and to be able to make sure that like, you know, the private Facebook group, and, and I'm someone who's almost too accessible. I see myself being in that private group two, three times a week responding to stuff, but being able to be on a call and talk things out, yeah. there's just a next level to it um, in terms of getting the clarity that you need, whether you're talking to me directly or you're listening to someone else and going, oh, that applies to me. And that's what I love so much about these group programs too. I mean, my Discover Your Dream Business clients, historically have shown up and are so supportive, so resourceful. They're here to lift each other up and help each other through. And I just love bearing witness to that and being the the guide through that. So that's all really exciting. Those are really the main things that change, but the actual content and the work that we do and when we work with our guinea pig and for how long and how we deliver that and all of those pieces wind up, I think, really staying exactly the same. Yeah, it's so important to have that real world contextualization in a program because, you know, it helps with, in my world, it's the transfer of knowledge, which 
Because yeah. ultimately, if you're not putting it into action in a real world scenario, then we can't say that you've learned it, you know, right. you've practiced it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're able to apply the information. Yes. Yeah. Totally so, true. So you mentioned your clients for the program. Who is the ideal learner for this program? Highly creative, super smart, even if she won't admit it, multi-passionate. And honestly, what matters, I feel like more than anything is like committed to that sliver of belief that she could be an entrepreneur and she's ready to start turning the wheels in a real way. This program is still going to be, and I'll have an early bird special the first week it's open, but it's still going to be a $500 program. Mm -hmm. And it's not $97 for a reason because when you make that investment and you show up, you're going to have a bigger chance of showing up. You're going to have a bigger investment emotionally and you're going to be able to say, okay, here's the start of my journey. And it's also because you have that access to me. And right now, if you want to work with me, you know, one-on-one in a program like 90 Day Business Launch, it's $4,500. Like it's no joke. So this is what I could do to make sure we're both here and we both have the commitment to each other. And I think that that's really key. If you're listening to this right now and going, oh, I'm not going to spend that. Like I'd rather go to Paris or go, I don't know, get a big spa day or whatever. Then like, this isn't your priority right now. And that is totally okay. Come to me when it is. I can't promise, you know, the price (laughs) and the availability is going to be there, but I'm still going to be here and and coaching and, and delivering. But you know, it's women who are ready to change their life. And this is really the first step. I always tell people that, you know, a lot of times there are new course creators who are afraid to price and especially to price higher. Mm -hmm. Not that you necessarily have to, but I always tell them that pricing, you do need a paid product. You do need to charge for your product. You can have other free resources, but Pricing is such a great way to make sure you attract people who are committed, who are going to show up and do the work. You know, this is not something that a lot of people talk about, but it does filter out people who aren't ready to commit. Right. A million percent. Yeah. You know, I don't want to take their money, right? If they're not going to show up, that's not a good feeling for me. I want to work with the women who say, okay, for the next eight weeks, this is my priority. Absolutely. Because I know even if they're not, and I get this question too sometimes, and they're like, could I take this course? Even if I'm not ready to quit my job tomorrow, you do not have to quit your job tomorrow. (laughs) You do not have to quit your job next month or even next year. You just have to say, Michelle speaks to me. (laughs) I'm picking up what she's putting down and I'm ready to make this a priority for the next eight weeks and where you take it. And the course ends with like, here are my best tips for launching your business with the minimum amount of time and energy and the maximum amount of impact. Like I give you all of that. I don't leave it with, oh, okay, now you know the business you want to start. Bye. Peace right. out. Good luck. You good luck. <laughs> Bye, you need business launch or get out of here. Well, I give you that piece of, all right, here are my best business launching tips. And I actually, oh my gosh, had a client who I think she was in the summer even maybe the fall, discover your dream business last year. So like I either wrapped up with her in like August or like November. It's been really recently. And she got her business up and running by herself. She is a hustler, baby. And she wants you to know. 
And she just emailed me yesterday and was like, not only did I just have someone buy my most expensive service, because she has a few different, she's a copywriter and she has a few different offers, but I got connected to like this really big coaching certification program. And they have me on retainer for like a five figure project to do the copywriting for their whole website. I'm laughing and like smiling and crying. (laughs) She's literally been in business like six months or less. Yeah. And I'm getting full body chills. Like that's what I want for every single one of my clients. As long as that's what they want for themselves. Right. And the women who are like, you know what? I just want to show up and see what comes up for me. And then I'll figure out what the timeline is for me and how I want to work it. And I have clients who sometimes feel like they're almost a little guilty that they like their job and they like their colleagues and they're kind of like happy at work, but they don't see themselves being there long-term. They know there's something else for them. They want something, you know, to kind of devote themselves more to that feels like more than just a hobby. Those women are welcome too, a million percent. I just know that it may take them a little longer. Yeah, and that's great. That's great and fine. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Absolutely. Yeah, the same thing happens in my group program for course creators. It's tailored to service-based business owners who mm-hmm. just have been putting their course off for a long time and really need that guidance and support. And I found that there are some people who blaze through and they get the course you know, launched. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people who have a very demanding business and it's going to take them a little bit longer. And I think that's okay. As long as we equip people with the tools and the information and the support that they need, your path is ultimately your path. Yes. As long as you're showing up. Yeah. Amen and hallelujah, for sure. So before we segue into the final part of the interview, I want to ask, you know, there's a a book that I love by Kathy Sierra. It's called Badass. Mm. And she talks about, the suck zone and the stuck zone. So when Uh people come into a course or a program, the suck zone is, you know, they suck so bad at these things and this is where they're at. It's kind of their island of sad. And then they get a little bit of knowledge and expert, well, confidence, and then they get stuck somewhere. So where are those zones in your program? When people come in, what do they feel that they suck at? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think there's something very truthful about people and women in particular, not to stereotype us, but I will in a way, because we have to be everything to everyone and we have to show up for everybody and we put ourselves last. So they show up and there's a flakiness attached to being multi-passionate. Like we think we're flaky and we think we have ADD and we think like we don't follow through on things. So I think when my clients show up, they're just down on themselves. Like this hasn't worked before. I'm never going to figure it out. Like I've tried to do this. You know, some clients come to me and they might've been business owners before a few times over even, and that hasn't worked. So why should this work? And sometimes they don't even really know themselves very well because they haven't made room for their own interests in a long time, then they only kind of see themselves in the lens of what they do for other people as an employee, as a mom, as a partner, as a daughter, as a whatever. And so those are the really big pieces. And I think there's something too around being multi-passionate where even though we want the focus, we want to find the thing, we want to make it easy to communicate and articulate and concise and like 
make it easy for someone else to understand and also make us feel like we're not all over the place in our own heads. There's a piece where if we niche it too much, we immediately rebel (laughs) and we're immediately like, oh no, I don't like this feeling at all. This feels too boxed in. We need things to be expansive. So I'm all about helping my clients find like, what's your umbrella theme? I like to call it. Mm -hmm. What's that bigger like mission statement or foundational piece. And we're going to build the business through that lens as opposed to something that feels more narrow. So I can use myself as an example, right? I could easily say to someone, I'm a business coach for creative women who want to discover, launch, or build their dream businesses. Like that is very, very easy for someone to get, or I just just say I'm a business coach for creative women. That's it. And it's niche and it's targeted and it's focused, but behind the scenes, I coach, I teach, I write, I speak, I, you know, go on podcasts and get interviewed. Like my multi-passionate self is really happy because I create programs. I work one-on-one with my clients. There's a lot for me to do around here that feels really expansive, but you know, it's focused and clear. So I think my clients come in and also along the way, especially once they get their guinea pig clients, they get very stuck. I have to remind them all the time to be like, this guinea pig offer is not the be all end all of your business. (laughs) And it might even wind up being not your business at all. Like I have another program that I am running for the first time this year called Dream to Done, which is an 11 month program. And it takes my clients through the discovery process, clarity process, followed by the launch, followed by the boost all together in one. And I had a client like just finished her guinea pig offer and she came to me and she's like, Michelle, this is not what I need to do. Um, This is not what I want to do. I need to pivot. And like, here's what worked about this offer and here's what didn't. And we realized some of the things that we were focusing on that we know were key components to her business were actually not things that translated into what her business offers. It's just things that she knows are important to her. So like, for example, we thought she wanted to offer travel planning for people because to her, what was important was travel and planning. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're like, let's put this together and see, you know, how we could do it. And she came back and we're like, "Mm, actually, you don't have to plan other people's trips. You just want to make sure you build a business in which you have the opportunity to travel. And we were able to craft a whole different offer that exactly hit on the things that she wanted that felt good and authentic to her that she saw herself working on. And I was like, and as an entrepreneur, this is what's so, so great for us, highly creative, multi-passionate women is that being an entrepreneur just naturally fits into a lot of these things. So I keep going around and around your question, Janelle. (laughs) I think you answered it though. You talked about, you know, when they come in, they're dealing with some confidence issues. They're dealing with almost needing permission to think about themselves and what they want. And then you talked about, you know, where they get stuck. And some of that is the fear of niching or narrowing down. It's like the fear of FOMO, fear of missing out. Yes, yes. And then also getting stuck with almost needing permission to pivot, needing permission to own your business and make decisions and make changes. And those are big sticking points. I totally understand that. And I think that what I love about what you shared about the program is so often, and it's true and it it is important, your business Mm. should serve the needs of your target market, your target customer. Mm -hmm. A lot Mm -hmm. of times people build businesses and they never find out what, who they're serving and what they Mm. need. But 
What I love about your work is that your business also needs to feel good to you. It needs to serve you in a way. It's not, it shouldn't become, you know, just another job because there's plenty of jobs out there. It needs to fulfill something in you. And that is something that we don't always hear. And sometimes we're afraid to acknowledge that. We're afraid to say, you know, this is making money, but I hate doing it. Oh, and to me, that, that, and that's exactly right, Chanel. You nailed it in so many ways. Thank you for making all my blah, blah, blah very concise (laughs) and and impactful. And that's exactly it. I like to, that you use that word permission over and over again, because that's the first or second thing we cover in Discover Your Dream Business is fear and permission. And I start there because so much of this work is emotional. Because I don't get the women that come to me and say, can you just help me find the idea that's going to make me a ton of money? I don't care about being fulfilled. I don't care about any of that. Just make me the money. Like those are not the women that I work with. Mm -hmm. So because they're such an emotional piece and they want their business to be something that allows them to feel valued and fulfilled, if not passionate, I feel like that's a loaded word um, sometimes. I just want them to really enjoy what they're doing. And this is also why... I feel like I'm firmly now, you know, 10 plus years later in the coach slash consultant role because I want to coach you into having you clarify what's going to be the dream business for you. And that's going to look really different than someone else's dream business. And this other person, you know, I, I could work on three different wedding photography businesses and I guarantee you they will have three totally different offers and three different mission statements and three different brands and three different, because they need to work for the business owner. And if they don't, then I'm not interested because that to me is not a business, not the work that allows you to wake up in the morning and think of the day that you have ahead and go, yeah, I'm looking forward to the vast majority of this day. And that's really the simplification of everything that I do. I love it. It's a great transition into our final three questions. Mm. The first one is an easy one. What is next for you? Anything exciting coming up? Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm like head down (laughs) for your dream business mode because, you know, we're looking at getting it out into the world on April 22nd, offering that early bird for the first week or so, and really kind of having a party around it. It's also kind of crazy when we're taping this a bit early and March 22nd is my nine-year entrepreneur anniversary, as I like to call it. <laughs> so that's very much in my consciousness. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> nine years. I got to celebrate. Yeah. I got to do something. I got to... And like, oh my gosh, the next year is going to be 10 years. Um, So it's really looking at that piece. And then also, honestly, personally, I have a four and a half year old that's going into kindergarten next year. And we have this magnet school system here where I live. And I I had to tour seven schools and then make a priority list of where we want our daughter to go. And like, that's going to be all over soon and which is great, but also bittersweet, but also taking over our lives, but also that's all the stuff that's kind of happening and going on. Got it. Got it. And where can people find out more about you and your work? When I grow up coach.com, 
head over there. You'll get everything that you need. I'm most active on Instagram. You'll find my handle there. I have a private Facebook group. So if you go to and sign up for any of my email lists, which you will see signups for everywhere on the page, you will get the link to my private Facebook group in your first email. If you specifically want information on discover your dream business, head to whenigrowupcoach.com slash discover, throw your name in that email list and you will get notified when it's ready. If you're more of like, I'm in launch mode right now, head to whenigrowupcoach.com slash launch. And if you are like, no, I got my dream business, I'm good, but I know I need to take it to the next level, then whenigrowupcoach.com slash boost is the place for you to go. I love it. All right, last question, Michelle. What is your why? Why do you get up and do this work every day? You know, it's so selfish, but the first thing that came into my head is like, because it makes me so happy. (laughs) I'm really good at it. It's how I feel I put like a positive ripple effect in the world. And I love my clients. It selfishly makes me really, really happy. And I'm honored and privileged. Honestly, this is how I feel to wake up in the morning and be able to see my kid off to school, go for a run, come back home, do five minutes of meditation, turn on my computer and know that the work I have in front of me, whether it's one-on-one sessions with a client, whether it's crafting Discover Your Dream Business to get ready for it to launch, whether it's talking to you on, on a podcast or writing a blog post or talking to my virtual assistant, like, I just love everyone I'm able to come in contact with. And I'm just really happy to also model to my kid that I'm a strong female entrepreneur. I'm the breadwinner of my family and I love what I do. And I'm just really, really proud of that. So yeah, that's it. I think that's what it's all about. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's what I hope to do with my clients each and every day. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for this interview. It's been just so many nuggets of wisdom and insight. I appreciate your time. Yay, I'm so happy to have had this time together. Thank you so much. All right, my friends, that is my time. Remember, before you can level up your course, you must first level up your mind. As always, thank you for hanging out with me for another great episode. I do not take it for granted. I am Janelle Allen, and this has been Level Up Your Course. Peace.